0: Listening to you would think the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and Kevin, we're back. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right. Uh, the season has begun. We got a couple of games under our belt. The Flyers already have a couple of points, which is a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how we look at it. Um, <laughs> we're gonna True. break it. Da- we're gonna break it down and talk about what we had this week, a uh, little touch on the week ahead. Um uh, First things first, um, make sure to hit us on the social medias. We're at YWC Podcast everywhere. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the like button on the video. All right. Anyway, uh, so the first game, I think we talk about the, the week ahead and the opener first. What do you think?
1: You want to do the home opener first? Or yeah, let's, let's do ahead. the home
0: opener first. Okay, so I we're think... actually
1: going... <laughs> This I, is kind of reverse of what we usually do. That's usually I, an episode ender, but we can start here. That's fine. He,
0: but here's the thing. We have to talk about the home opener and why the time changed. Because
1: sure. Because that, yeah. is, that is probably the biggest story in the
0: city. Not that the Philadelphia Flyers home opener time changed. Don't get me wrong. Uh, <laughs> but the reason why, and the reason why is that game two of the NLCS will be on and the Philadelphia Phillies will be playing. Um, Kevin, right. It's been it's been a fun run so far. I know we're not a Phillies show. We're not going to go too deep into it, but
1: no. Come but on. that's here's because here's the honest here's the honest truth of the matter. And anybody who sees me on um the uh, what do we say the platform formerly known as Twitter yeah yeah, yeah how we yeah. call it so anybody yes. who follows me there knows um I tend to be pretty active during the games. I mean even th- the Flyers played on a Thursday and that was the same day as Game Four of the LDS and. I got, like, 15 minutes of, like, removed from posting my game recap of the Flyers game and doing my job, and then was on to the Phillies game, and it was, oh, wait, by the way, so we have, we have two mornings of, like, this drama and stuff, like, you know what I mean? Like, so so I, was, I, I get invested in that type of stuff, so I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm happy that Monday is game one, so I can completely put all of my attention there. Yes, um, like that's great because well because here's the thing this is again and I talked about this last week it's kind of a repeat of last season from a Flyers perspective too because this is the, what was going on around town when yep. th- when the Flyers were getting started and now you know there's a little bit of a difference as we move forward with this week the Eagles are not undefeated anymore unfortunately anymore. but that's yeah. but that is that is what it is um and and it's look their season is still in the earlier stages you're only up to week six in the NFL season so you know you're kind of competing with it and the thing is, is that the flyers don't schedule a lot of games definitely not home games but there's not a lot of games usually on sundays during the early portion of the football season it's just Ooh. that's just naturally how and, it goes and the
0: nhl in general doesn't tends to schedule pretty late on sundays for, well, the and, first uh, for well, several weeks
1: for, for complete context by the way think about this for a second there are two nhl games cuz we're recording sunday evening yeah. there's two nhl games that are going to be going on over the course of sunday evening sunday night as well and they are in Ottawa and Anaheim which if you do you know do, the math, they do not have football they do not have football teams within that direct area Anaheim's a little bit of it you know cuz it's a suburb so, yeah. so yes you yes you are a drivable distance to SoFi and you can get you know go to one of the LA teams out there and things like that. But, but they also offset that type of stuff and well I'm also looking at the other teams that are playing Tampa's playing Ottawa which is okay Tampa does have a football team I got that but Game's over and it's a road game, so no one's trying to go to it. That makes sense. Fair. And Carolina is the other one, and you know Carolina does as well. But again, it's a road game for Carolina, so you took the two sure. teams do have. And, well, and for, and, and, and the fair,
0: Panthers played in the early slot. So. Well, Let's, and to be fair, all, and that. to
1: be fair, also the Carolina Hurricanes play in Raleigh, and the Carolina Panthers play in Charlotte, so okay. it's a little bit different. That is fair.
0: It's, 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 it's a similar market.
1: But. Right. I mean, it, it, they represent, because of Carolina, they just well, represent the whole
0: state. But Well, and if we're speaking honestly, we, we both know that sports is a lucrative business. We all know that, but they're not really making their money on LiveGate these days. It really is about the TV deals, and it is the same TV market.
1: Sure, that's true. So. But anyway, so um, the, point, the point being yeah. that, yes, these – it, it, it's like that you know and, and that's the thing. so but but this is where you start to see like i can remember games last season last postseason for the phillies i should say and it's funny as and we're it, touch
0: as we're touching on games around the league tampa ties it up
1: yes i know it literally just popped up <laughs> in front of me as well yep. um but it, like that's what i'm saying like we were tracking like like you're tracking or keeping an eye on what's the score of the game going on either across the street like and here's the thing like like full disclosure from me anyway i didn't Attend the first handful of home games last season because I was in California for a wedding, mm. so I was not able to to be around. But I know that people were at like the Phillies were playing at two thirty or two o'clock Eastern time on the clincher against the Braves last year, and the Flyers had a game at four thirty that day or something like that. And it's like yep. that overlaps. We're you know for me anyway, we're down there at the same time. You might yeah. have people who try to go down and pull off the double header if it's separated by enough. You right. know, from a fan perspective, because it's okay. Like it's okay. You can walk in. You know, five minutes late to the start, and of your, you're gonna be hot, okay. Yeah. and you're you're just making a choice. You know although, what I
0: mean? Although fans will not have that option on Tuesday because it no, is just true. a one-hour stagger. Um, the Philadelphia Flyers will be taking on the Vancouver Canucks with puck you, drop. You know what? Shortly after six PM Eastern. Yeah, well, so do you know what thought
1: for that one was truthfully because the Flyers are also hosting kind of like a block party sort of thing in the afternoon. I think it's from three okay. to four. I think it's As from a three home to, opener. Well, but I think it's from three to four thirty, which makes a lot of sense because basically what that allows you to do is from three to four thirty, it leads right into the time that the doors open. that right. That's when people can start going inside. Typically. Sure. I wouldn't be shocked if people because I because sometimes the complex gets a little stingy about this type of stuff and wants you to have a game ticket. I know people who were going to – who were buying Wings tickets to be able to get down in the parking lot early Yep. for whatever it was. I think for an Eagles play – for one of the Eagles yeah. I remember
0: best. that happening, yeah.
1: So it would not shock me in the slightest if people showed up on Tuesday to this block party and maybe tried to find a ticket that's cheap just to be able to get in and start the party early.
0: Uh, it depends on how stingy they're being about Phillies tailgaters, but yes, I agree that that is absolutely a possibility, and I think uh, you'll see some—you'll see a lot of red, white, and blue mixed among the orange and black.
1: The good—the good news is they're not playing a team that wears those colors.
0: Truly, the the Vancouver oh. <laughs> Canucks safe color scheme, no problem. Yeah, I mean
1: exactly. So, but either way, like. It's, it's, an, it's an interesting you, – and you know this, too, because you went to – I think you attended the game against San Jose when, they, when the Phillies won the pennant last year.
0: I did. Yeah, yes. I was
1: showing up kind of in the same, same vein of it. and Now, the cool part about that game was – and I, I kind of liken this to the Thursday game. It's upcoming when they play Edmonton. The Flyers don't play until 7.30. And now, in this case, they would be the only home ticket in town. Right. Um, but they don't play until 7.30, and the Phillies are going to play at 5 o'clock. So okay. a big chunk of the game is probably going to be over. let's just say stranger things too. regular season baseball games were ending sometimes in two and a half hours. There's a decent chance. They might be able to just hit you with the update that the game's over. That's and nice. and there you go. You know what I mean? That'd like, cool. yeah. which would be, which would be really cool. And so I, I like also wouldn't Niagara- surprise like, me if, if they
0: opened the gates a little bit early to allow people to come in and watch the game
1: potential I could see that especially for only you know you're talking probably it's an hour difference I think is what it would be from when the doors yeah. would typically open so maybe they open the club a little and, early I was going to say
0: at least the cure club let let that bartending staff make all that
1: money Well sure and that's that's that, see this is the thing too right are you going to turn that down you know Correct. are you really you're already going to have people going down there early anyway to be at Xfinity. you know yeah. that so
0: Uh, But yeah, my my timing last year was pretty fantastic because I I did tell this story on the podcast about a year ago, but I arrived home in Philadelphia, sprinted to my grandmother's house, threw our bags down, ran to the stadium, got in, got through the line, got through security, met up with my cousin Jackie and her significant other, shout out Jackie, uh, (laughs) gave him a hug, sat down at the table, turned around, Bryce Harper steps up to the plate. I said, he's going yard here. And then he hit that home run, the mm-hmm. one in the eighth inning, the one that locked, essentially secured the Phillies' spot in the in the World Series. It, and how, you know, and how many incredible.
1: more? What's what's even more incredible is how many more since they're not they're not pennant winning home runs. I get that, right? But how many more moments has he had as a player, like? Man.
0: I, I heard a story. Like I after,
1: had the same like, – like game three was just this – like during this pitch okay. week, I just – I had this, a similar type of moment where I'm like, if they get him up here, this is his spot where you, you, you blow the roof off the so place. And did, then three pitches later, he blew the roof off the place.
0: Did you hear the story? So apparently Philly's relievers play a game in the bullpen.
1: Okay. Once per I, I already game. know I haven't heard this, so this okay. is already good.
0: <laughs> once, once per game,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a pitcher can throw his hat down. Okay. When, as as a batter's walking to the plate and he's calling a home run, <laughs> and if you call it and you're wrong, it, there's I I assume there's money on the line because we're talking about like professional athletes. Of course, the they're gambling, kind of material, right? Yeah. Um, you throw you throw your money down, or you throw your hat down. This guy's going to go yard here, mm-hmm. and somebody one of the relievers threw his hat down for Kyle Schwarber leading off game three, and it okay. obviously obviously didn't hit, right. Uh, Harper comes up a couple innings later in that third inning, that big tense situation, three hats on the ground.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bet. Three hats
0: on the ground because they all knew. Bryce Harper is v- rapidly climbing the list of the most clutch athletes that have ever played in Philadelphia.
1: He's one of the most beloved in Philly once they win a championship.
0: Notice right. I did not say for the Phillies.
1: We, oh, yeah. No, no, no. This is- one of the most clutch athletes to wear a
0: Philadelphia sports uniform well, one across of the, most, the big four. Yeah, well, one
1: of the most clutch, and then I'm going to take it a step further. And again, if and, and look, this is – you don't have like, – truthfully, you don't have to win a championship to enter crazy beloved territory. Yo, he's already ex- locked in. Well, no, there's plenty of examples of that already that you can – you know, that people should be able to list right off the top of their head. I'm like getting to the point where they win a world series at some point before that contract's up. And there's a lot of time left still. Like it's hard to believe by the way, he's played here for five years. You got I know. eight years left of this. I know. And, and, but he wins, he wins a world series, even just one during that time. And he's in Brian Dawkins territory. He's getting a statue. Right. Like exactly. Like it's, it's you're on that level. And, and, yeah. and I don't, you know,
0: well, and the thing is we all know <laughs> We all know that a Phillies World Series win will include a clutch Bryce Harper moment. It, it feels like it should. It, it has to. It has to. Uh, but anyway,
1: <laughs> right. Oh, but that's the, OK. So that was the reason why the game got moved up. Yeah, Home opener is at six o'clock now. I which, think that will I think
0: that will probably put a put a pin in our Phillies talk for. Yeah, now. So, uh, uh, you, tune in now, next now, week. If they're still winning, we'll be talking about them. So,
1: I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that can happen between now and the end of next week. I think. Oh, one, yeah. What is it? Five games are going to be played before then? A, or, a, a bunch, a bunch the of schedule? them right yeah. like is it's monday tuesday day off wednesday thursday friday saturday so a, we got a, a large
0: lot. chunk of the series will be decided by the time we we run our next show here yeah i mean
1: some well at, at bare minimum someone's gonna have three wins in the series bare minimum yep. it could be it, there's a way it could, be, it could over, be over but like someone's gonna have three wins that's yep. you know that's enough <laughs> that's you know more for that man, but, cr- but I, do, I think travel. it's i think i think it's important for people like anybody who was planning to go to the home opener, if you didn't hear about it yet, I'm sure you have by now, but that, that it is at six because yeah, on top. And this was something I didn't, this was something I didn't know by the way, because obviously look, you don't plan for, you you really don't plan for, Hey, the play, the major league baseball playoffs are going to pass through. Think, look, think about how many things had to go right for that to be on Tuesday. Like that,
0: right. I'm a a little concerned for what the lower bowl is going to look like on
1: Tuesday. I hear you there. Um, But so what I'm getting is like a lot of things have to go right that game to line up with this one. Like, seriously, first of all, were the Diamondbacks favored in that series against the Dodgers? Probably not. So if the there Dodgers win and the Phillies are in LA and it's not an, affecting the home opener. It's affecting game three potentially. Yep. It just so happens this is the part that I didn't know. It just so happens there's also a a friendly soccer match at the link that night too at eight o'clock okay. so that between Mexico and Germany, which let's just like <laughs> that one will be empty. <laughs> I, I think imagine, again,
0: imagine. Par- well, okay, fine. But imagine it's international. That one. That's fair. You know what? But that's that, fair.
1: But that's what I'm saying. So now you've got three events. This is why the flyers got bumped by the way, because I don't think it would have mattered if it was just, the Flyers are at seven and the Phillies are at eight. We'll deal, you know, people, they've, they've hosted multiple concerts down there at one point in time. I think they can handle two sporting events. Yeah, It's when you throw the third one in, especially because it's an international thing. It's, it becomes like having the Eagles play at the same time. The Phillies play at the same time, the Flyers or Sixers play, you know, and that's just going to be a madhouse. So if they could offset something in any way, they looked for it and they did. And, Kudos to them for doing it because of the fact that, like, they could have just been hardened to the fact that it's 7 o'clock. Listen, 7 o'clock because it's a home opener. They could have been hardened to the fact that because they're playing a team like Vancouver, which is West Coast, that it's not a time that Vancouver wants to alter the schedule by because of television audience. Right, because it's 3 o'clock in Vancouver. 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Now, you know, in Canada, maybe that doesn't matter as much. You know, maybe they're not thinking the same way. But, like, imagine if it was in L.A., you know what I mean? Like, you think L.A. is going, yeah, let's bump it to 3 on a Tuesday.
0: Cheapest seat right now is 50 bucks on, or cheapest pair of seats is 50 bucks a piece on StubHub right now. And that's to sit downstairs. $32 You're upstairs.
1: Just, okay. but see, And see my point. Yep. You tell me who's not. And especially as it gets closer, you tell me that if those prices don't drop, who, uh, who wouldn't pick up the ticket just to say I can be there early? Yeah, that's fair. You know, I,
0: I think it's pretty reasonable. I've, I'm concerned for what the building is going to look like. And and I do think. Getting on the flyers a little bit here. Um, I do think that the fans are kind of excited for this team because we've seen some spark through the first two games. We'll break those down kind of towards Mm -hmm. the second half of the show here. Um, We've seen some spark through the first two games. There are some fun kids to be rooting for. There are some fun names on the roster. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I wish if if the Phillies weren't playing on Tuesday, I think the barn would be pretty full.
1: So I'm curious about a couple of things with this. Well, first of all, by the way, you're right about there's a little bit more of an anticipation because they're, all, they're holding an open practice at the center on Monday before the home opener.
0: And that is not – I feel like we have not had that in a long time.
1: The last one that I can distinctly remember was before – it was after the lockout year in 13. Okay. That wow. they had an open practice to allow people to come back, welcome back hockey. And by the way, that was the same day they slapped the C on Claude Giroux's sweater. Interesting. No, I don't think they're doing it. No, they're, okay. Tortorella, Tortorella gave a whole spiel about okay. that a few days ago. And, and actually, uh, this was instead of being kind of stubborn about the I'm not like we're not naming a captain. Don't ask me kind of thing. He gave a good answer for why. Okay, Because he said something about right now they're at a stage of the process where you want to allow everybody to feel like they can lead in their own way. And when you start to throw letters on the people, it creates kind of, I guess, this label on them because that, that's your captain, that's your assistant, you know, that's your alternate, whatever, you know, whatever it may be. And right. yes, Scott Lawton is still wearing an, al- wearing an A, and that, yep. look, because I don't think there's any reason to revoke what you've given out. To of start, course, I mean, of and, course. And, and maybe maybe it's also a formality. Like, you have to have somebody who's got a letter just so that guy can to go speak talk to, to the, the official. Right. Right. But But the point being that in these situations, like he Tortorella is basically saying, I want it to be an open forum. I want the room to feel like everybody can partake in this in their own way. I, I I really thought changed the dynamic when you put letters on people, that's what he was saying.
0: I really thought Brian Boucher had spoiled it. Did you hear that during one of the broadcasts he was talking about it? And he goes, Oh, that's, that's captain material right there about something Sean Couturier did. Um, He said something about, Oh, that's captain material. That's your captain right there. Something like, it sounded briefly like he had some inside information that he was going to be named captain, but then it
1: wasn't I feel like they said something public. like that about maybe. Well, either that. Either, either that I don't re- remember hearing it about Couturier. I do know they talked about him a lot on the first two broadcasts. Maybe they did say it about Lawton a little bit just because.
0: But I kind of had me convinced for a day or two there that Bush knew, knew something a little bit early and, and we I mean, were about listen, to get a captain announcement. But it doesn't they, seem like that's coming at this no, point. No,
1: I mean, if, if they do, I'll be completely shocked. Because me too. Just, me too. It, it, Tortorella doesn't seem like the type of person who's going to put up a big front about not doing something and then change his mind.
0: I think if we have a really solid year, and I mean a solid year in the room, of course, we've talked about the fact that the wins might not necessarily be there. But if it's a solid year in the room and they start figuring out guys who are going to be here long-term and they start really putting pieces together for the long-term future of this roster, right. I, I could see Sean Couturier or even Scott Lawton, to be honest, being named captain next summer, heading into next season. But I think this year they are still looking at this as a bit of an evaluation year, as a bit of a reset, rebuild. You know, well, They definitely are. Yeah. This is the rock-bottom year in a lot of ways.
1: Well – one of the things I'm thoroughly convinced about with in Lawton's case is you've got to be prepared for the fact that he's not here beyond a certain point and I don't I, think you want to put a label well, like that on and, him and then take the whole thing away and remove and the that's, player
0: and that's why I think it may end up on Sean Couturier just right, because, because Couturier he does have the contract court. certainty yeah
1: right he has a contract exactly well right and, I get
0: that but Lawton wearing that A is not going to do harm to his trade value
1: no um, no no oh god no no no, no, no. at I'm all I'm not trying and to say I, that at all I'm saying no, that's why I, you don't take the step like everybody kind I'm of thought maybe Everybody kind of thought maybe they would take that step because he kind of was a de facto captain last year. and They can, you know, continuing to insist that they don't or won't do it. And it's like, okay, you know, now that they've continued to proceed this way, you got to think a little bit about that possibility that like maybe it's just because they don't want him. You know, they they eventually have plans to have that conversation and move him.
0: I do also find it important to mention, and we don't have to spend a ton of time on this. We don't have a graphic for it. That's fine. Um, Scott Lawton did prove some leadership this week. He was the first NHL player to come out and publicly say, um, Mm -hmm. in addressing the Pride Tape ban, which I'm sure people have heard about. We're not going to go into it. The NHL effectively banned Pride Tape. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's going to hold up. We'll see. Uh, Scott Lawton was, from what I saw, the very first player to publicly come out and say, I'm just going to put it on my stick.
1: Let's, I, I'd I like to see right. what they have to
0: say is I believe yeah, the phrase I think, he used. I
1: think you're right. Like I, I don't think he was the first player to comment on it. Right. But I think he was the I first think he was the first person. Who said, I'm gonna, I plan to use it. And to be that
0: openly defiant. Right. and And I will say whether you agree with his message or not, whatever, I personally do. If you've listened to this show long enough, you know that. He's correct he or he is being a leader he is showing leadership and he is saying, I don't agree with this. I am going to be using it. I would like to see what the NHL has to say about that. So yeah, yeah. okay it's, it's, if he <laughs> if, if he does end up being, Named a captain at some point in his NHL career, I will not be particularly surprised whether it is in right. Philadelphia or if he does go on to have a, a secondary career elsewhere.
1: It, it, and, well, and it depends on where he would go. That would that would yes. maybe surprise me if he was named a captain, only because look, That's he, for- you can plop him on a team that that is where he's around <laughs> a bunch of other people who, who yeah. are leader worthy, and it's like, well, listen, then you can be an alternate for you know, let's put like let's put it this way, you. You can even look at Claude Drew in that case. Claude Drew goes to Ottawa and it's like, well, he's not gonna just jump in and become the captain of that team because no, he's one no. of the one of the veterans. It you know, you've got a captain who's a young young leader at that.
0: Yeah. You know? Signed up signed forever.
1: Signed. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And, and and you lean on the you can lean on the leadership of Drew in that sense.
0: Sure, they do have an a, a, a on past him, I captain. believe.
1: Sure. And right. as as a past captain, and you say, Help you know, help bring him along, you know. That's yeah. So Lawton could do the same thing. There's no reason to believe, you know, to believe otherwise. Anyway, let's do we, we yeah, want to get into the games that actually were played instead of the look ahead?
0: Yes. Yeah, since you looking, the looking the, ahead
1: thing's going to come back up by the way cuz I do based on yes. what we're going to talk about with the two uh, with the two games that were played, I kind of have a tie into what's ahead, but let's start with the actual where the season began.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the season began in Columbus. Um, Ivan Provorov had some things to say the day before the game. Uh, yeah, t- that's true.
1: We t- could talk about that. T- t-
0: took some shots at the organization. But uh, when it comes down to it, the Philadelphia Flyers won the game. And I, I know we're kind of comparing apples and oranges a little bit in the, the Columbus situation. But, you know, it is two teams that are struggling. Uh, t- expect to be towards the bottom of the Metro this season. Right. Um, the... Columbus Blue Jackets made some interesting roster decisions uh, going into that game. Uh, The Flyers did as well. Um, All right, Kevin, what did you say on uh, during this first game?
1: Kind of a kind of a one thing that results in the other kind of thing, because the Flyers played a really good game. I will give them full full marks for playing a really good game in the opener. They absolutely, you know. You could see it kind of from the beginning because in that you know first period it took him three and a half minutes to get a goal. It was off of a turnover, actually not even really a turnover. It's a good defensive breakup by Igor Zamula at the blue line that then just sends them the other way. And there's nobody. There is somebody back, but he kind of loses his footing, and now it's a two-on-zero. And and first of all, for two players that are kind of hoping to, hoping that health questions are behind them. One be you know, look, Sean Couturier. We hadn't played in ages. We know, that, yeah, right? Yeah, it was it so was really he's nice. He's rumbling in him. on it, so he's rumbling in on a two and O two on 0 which is like okay, that's that's yeah, all right. Nice. and he's got Joel Faraby with him. And we're talking and, we're talking and we're talking three and we're talking three and a half minutes
0: into the game here, like right, right away.
1: Yeah. And l- let's be real about something: there, in years past, the Flyers have messed those situations up. The two on. Oh,
0: one too many passes forever and this ever. this was and ever a straight
1: end. up let's just give and go Faraby to Couturier right back and Faraby was ready for it and lifted it right up and over that and is
0: what that is what two of your better scoring forwards should be doing on that play
1: and I think that there was like there's you saw it because Faraby's reaction after the goal I think is pumped up for himself a little bit to score a goal in the opener and kind of come right out with that scoring mentality pumped up for I Coots. Think, but I think it was also for Couturier for getting a point yeah. right away. Look at this. Welcome back. You're, you're in the lineup again. And he, and, he puts, and he has an assist right away. And yeah. toward the end of that game, I'm not trying to jump the gun on some of the other scoring that yeah, happened. Toward yeah. the end of that game, you're seeing the face-off percentage that Couturier can have and what he's able to do when he's on the ice. It's like, th- that makes a difference. It does make a difference in how yes. this will play. And, and again, I'm, I'm not going to question the ability of Sean Couturier. No. Like, look. Is it going to take time for him to be his usual self? Sure, it is. But I'm not going to question his abilities more than I'm going to question whether or not he stays on the ice for the whole year. And it's not even about gas tank. It's more about, right? Does he stay healthy? Because we, you know, and and to his credit, they're through that, you know, that that was was a six game preseason schedule. He played in four of them, I believe. Yeah. And then he he was trying to get Spark in for sure. And now he's played in two regular season games. So he's played six games. It's progress. You can't take away. Like when, you've, when, you, haven't played nearly, right, when you haven't played yep. nearly two years, completing six games and coming out of it on the other side going, I feel fine to go back the next day. That's all you want to hear from him. You know, absolutely.
0: And, so, and he's looked and he it looks with every minute that passes. He looks more like 100 percent John Couturier.
1: Sure. So yeah. you continue along with the uh, with the, continuing along with the first period of that game. Columbus ended up tying it up and on, on the goal. It was a goal by Jake Bean on a rebound, but Adam Fantilli got an assist. He was kind of the headlining story for Columbus kind of going in. Yes. It's his debut. It, it, by this point, it had come after Bedard had played two games. Yes. So Bedard, by this point, had played two games, had an assist, had a goal.
0: You looked know, great.
1: Looked, looked, looked like the best player on the Chicago Blackhawks.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does. Especially... With the unfortunate injury to Taylor Hall, but anyway, yeah,
1: but but so Fantilli gets gets on the board in some capacity. He gets a gets an assist, and the Flyers answer it pretty quickly. And again, it was a turnover, and it was it, it was just a, you know it was a rough turnover, and 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 the shot by Travis Konechny that you get on that goal is Travis Konechny. That's you, a good you know? shot. It's like, right a good shot, and it's good to see. And the thing was, is you you started to go. So it's going to be one of those games. It's two to one, and they're like thirteen minutes into the game, and right. then nobody scored until the end of the third period when Everything they got locked empty- down. Well, two empty netters from the flyer side, and there was one goal in between by Columbus to cut the lead back to one
0: from Centerman Patrick Line.
1: By the way, I think by that point, I, and I'm I'm going to look up at least what the what his shot total was. Yeah, in the game, but I believe that um, he he had to have had something like something to the effect of. Six or seven scoring chances. I mean, yeah. he was, he was, yeah. Line is Laine one of those just members.
0: stupid, like, he so, just produces. Like, how Ovi's going to shoot the puck 300 times a year, Patrick Line is going to shoot the puck 300 times a year. So, Line
1: had five shots on goal, one, one shot, blo- one attempt blocked, three missed shots. <laughs> so, there you go. And by the way, as a centerman, not typically being his normal position, was four of 10 on faceoffs, which is not horrific. Not too bad. 40% is not horrific. Right a guy who doesn't take them all the time. But sure. you get the point. So, Line a had a bunch of chances, so it wasn't necessarily surprising that he eventually got on the board. Um, in between, by the way, so we just mentioned about Sean Couturier getting a point in the early stages of it. For There was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of kind of storybook kind of aspects to the fact that it was Cam Atkinson's first game back in a year, and it's in Columbus in where Columbus. he spends a lot of time in the off season and things like that, and it's like yep. And, it, and it's basically handed to him on a silver platter because it's an empty net goal that it was just it pretty much, I think it was just Carter Hart just threw the puck up the wall and it yep. comes out the other way and it's like, here he goes and he just wins a race and that's the end of that. Turns out Tim
0: Atkinson's good at that. Yeah.
1: And then while they're trying to finish off the final 40, 44, 45 seconds of the game after line had scored, it, you know, it was, it, it was clear they were going to win the game you know, in the final seconds, but the puck sure. is going down that other end of the ice and Travis connecting for good measure scored with one tenth of a second left in the game. Hey, you had so, those stats, listen, baby. Hey, listen, that's the best kind of last second goal. And one where you don't have half a second left. So they feel the need to drop the puck again. It was in and the horn sounds and it's yep. And which you are just gonna get go to home. walk off with it. Yep. So, yep. which by the way, Travis connecting, picking right up where he left off at the end of last season. Cause he had scored two in the finale in Chicago last, <sighs> last season. And he yep. has two in the first game too. And and Scott Lawton had two assists in the game. That's that's always good to see. Travis Sandheim got an assist on the on the last on, on second goal, the last goal of the game. Right. And that really capped off a very impressive game for him, which is a big storyline because when we get to the next game, that's gonna change a little bit. But he ha- he did. You have to give him credit that he had a very impressive game, you know, first game of the season. I thought Zamula did as well, and that's another talking point we're gonna get into in a little while that Zamul you know, played Well, Bobby Brink st- played in this game. When we, when we get to the second game, it'll be Tyson Forrester, so we'll talk about with yep. them. Brink, I thought, was you know, for not putting up points, I thought he had some noticeable moments, which is good. You know, I, it, didn't, it didn't bother me that he was in a rotation with no. Forrester to start the year because he didn't do something that was like over the top, like you've got to play the guy. He didn't, you know what I mean?
0: He didn't steal – a spot or a steal playing time, right? But he looked like he belonged
1: well, and especially if it didn't look out of place, right. especially if it's something that's planned. Because if it's planned and it's like you just you're no getting matter, game one, you're like, getting game no matter two, what period. Happened. unless and, and,
0: someone gets hurt, right. right?
1: But the other part, I think the other part of the equation there is, is that not only if it was something that was planned, but it's like he didn't have the overly impressive game, like he didn't have two goals like Konechny did, or he didn't have you know. Score you know score the first goal of the game like Faraby did or he didn't you know even even down to the way that Sanheim and Zamula played and this is where I'm going to get to with Zamula is Zamula I thought for a defenseman not you know the pass breakup that gets him an assist on the uh, or the the defensive breakup that gets him an assist on the first goal of the game that's a that's a type of play you want to see him make more of and that's a type of play that I think can help buy you more time in the lineup right and. So I, like, I, un- I completely 1,000% understood how Brink and Forrester were going to be in rotation. It was kind of leaning that way. And to be fair, by the way, it was such a good all-around team win in the 4-2 win in Columbus that you could look at the fourth line and say, yep, still no reason to break that up. Nope. You know, and like, they
0: they still they look like your best line at times in the preseason. Right. And they, they're continuing on with what they've been doing so far in the regular season.
1: Well, and 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 again, and I'm not trying to like because Tortorella doesn't even do this. Like I'm not trying to put numbers on the lines, but you had a group like it was Law, you know, it's Lawton, Cates, and Konechny. Well, they factored in for two goals. That that stands out. Atkinson scored, and he was playing on a line with Frost and Tippett, I think, and then then you had the other side, which was Faraby, Couturier, and I think it was. Well, no, actually, I think Atkinson was on that line. Come to think of it, and then you know, so and then you had the other line in between, obviously. So, you know, with with Tippett, Frost, and um, Brink at that point, or Brink was Brink was actually on that line with Faraby and Couturier. So it was Atkinson on the second line. So every line other than the fourth one contributed, is my point. Yes. So yeah. and that, and that's the thing. Like if somebody, if everybody contributed, and you get that kind of result. I mean, to be honest, it wouldn't have been outrageous if they would have said, everybody's staying in. Right. You know, yeah. it wouldn't have been. But I can understand if you kind of have a predetermined agreement, especially with the two forwards, because I think that they're staying. There's been, well, well, because there's been something to the tune of, because let, let's kind of hit the footnote on this this from somebody who didn't play. Rasmus Ristelainen was not ready for this opener, which was kind of expected, because when, right. when he went on IR, once the... Uh, which well we re- I don't know if we even really got to talk about that. I don't last think week we did because, no. because the roster wasn't finalized yet. So we had kind of been down to the fact that somebody was going to have to go, somebody maybe one and maybe one of these three between Brink, Forrester, and Emil Andre, we're going to have to go. Yes. and then we find out that after being assured that Ristolainen was fine, no problems, that he ends up on IR. Now Danny Briere did say when after the decision was made, it's backdated, so that he could have been able to come off on Thursday. That wasn't right. an issue, but. Oh, he was but then ultimately he wasn't available. So it allows it easily allows Zamula to go in. Easily. Right. And Andre was the guy who sat out. Right. And then when Saturday rolled around and uh and was still not able to play, then Andre went in and that Zamula. That gets Andre right in. Yep. Well, it, it does, but Zamula is the guy who came out. Right. Which is, you know, that that one's more touch and go for me than the other. That's one. fair. Because I thought Zamula played well and I thought he deserved another shot at and Another little detail about that because I believe, you know, and I saw that Anthony Sanfilippo had said something on Snow the Goalie about this um, that Zamula's, or Zamula, Andre's the guy who's probably going down when Ristolainen's ready. Okay. And I can level with that because, he, and he, better yet, you got him into an NHL game and he had some yes. good moments, but he had some mistakes. And you right. can see. How the development needs to work, you know. Let him probably... let him go.
0: Let him go play twenty six right. minutes a night in Lehigh Valley.
1: And I give Tortorella credit because I have the bo- like I have the box from that game up, from his debut. Yeah, he played sixteen minutes and twenty seven seconds. That's supremely solid. And and here's the thing: out of that, the only defenseman that played more, and I think there's a reason for this, by the way, the only, the only defenseman that played more were Travis Sanheim, Cam York, which you expect because they those two guys are probably getting a bulk of the playing time. And Sean Walker played about two and a half minutes more. And I think the reason for that was the amount of penalty killing that went on in the game. Okay. Is, I don't know that you want Andre out there killing penalties. You may use him as a power play guy, but I don't know if he's the guy that you're sticking out there with his size. Especially, like, let like, when you have Mark Stahl and Nick Sealer and, and, um, and Walker play, yeah, it, right. you have, when you have them in the lineup, and they have some size or just some snarl to their game, they're going to have more than Andre does. Andre is under, you know, an undersized He has
0: guy. no problem being physical, but he's not the biggest guy.
1: Right. And I think, well, and I think you want to preserve that four, five on five and power play because he, sure. can do, he, he can probably, he will excel with the line.
0: open space more. Right.
1: Well, sure. And he's getting his feet wet. So maybe you didn't even want to throw him into a penalty kill situation that early. Like, like, let's put it this way. You, you, you're also taking, in that sense, Then you're taking away also, like, Sandheim's supposed to be able to kill penalties. You could try York on the penalty kill if you want to. Like, you got other guys who you can look at and try things out with, and if, if there's one guy you're going to hold out, maybe it's him, you know? Right. It, like, it makes sense. Anyway, um, so that was the only one I didn't agree with, but if ultimately that was a way to get him into a game kind of as a predetermined thing and Ristolainen's close to coming back, maybe by the opener even, you know, we'll okay. see then because I think it's a day-to-day thing at this point like yeah and he'll he'll
0: wake up and be ready to go or he won't be
1: right and he so he could play Tuesday he could play Thursday he could play Saturday who knows um but the bottom line is that if that's what they decide to do with him I think that that's the right call um I don't mind keeping the two forwards up even though they're in a rotation right now just because I think that there's a, I think there's a greater chance that at some point in time, sooner or later, you're going to find a reason to break up somebody and then make a call like that. Right. And two, it, it, you know, you're one, you know, again, you're one injury away from needing somebody else.
0: Right. Well, and, an injury, an injury or a trade, because that is always a possibility as well. Yeah, if, I, I feel like a trade's
1: less possible right now, but I get your point.
0: They, but if there's an injury somewhere and someone's come comes calling for a Scott Lawton or even like a Nick sealer. I mean, I know that's on the defense of course, so it's a little bit different, but right. any, any of these guys with one year left, if there's an injury somewhere else and someone needs a hold of, you never know, it could happen.
1: Sure. But, and well, well, I guess so, but like, I'm not, you know, I'm not holding fair. my breath for the trade market in that's October. Fair. That's, 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 that's the point. So, so I, le- that's why I tend to lean toward the injury thing, because if some, you know, all, all it's going to take is somebody who's out for two weeks or so, and, and you're going to get I mean, a how, lot of time. That's that's it. like, think about this for a second. That's how Harrison, Sam Harrison got his first chance to come up. His first real of, look. Well, yeah. right. Because, because an injury allowed for him to have a spot. That's how, that's kind of how Tyson Forrester got his first chance because it was another injury. There's an opening. Yep. And instead of calling up a guy that they feel like, the, you know, that they rely on as a veteran, they gave a kid an opportunity and then he ran with it. So. That's how you got to kind of try to manage the line, you know, the lines and the lineup decisions a little bit. Right. I can't uh, go overboard in two games. You know what course. I mean? Like, right. like, look, do I think that it was the right call to pull Zamula from the lineup after that first game, the way that he played? No, but I assume he's going to be back in on Tuesday. Right. And, if and, and- case, you take the one game and you understand the purpose of trying to find spots for everybody. And. And I, and and I, you know what, like, I think I get it more from a defensive standpoint than a forward standpoint, because I think everybody can look at the forward group and say, and say that there's an understanding of why guys have to play, why Cam Atkinson has to play, why Sean Couturier has to play, you know, things like that. And yet you're also keeping these other two forwards around to be able to kind of put them in and, and, and let both of them dictate when both get to play together, potentially too. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm definitely had, interested
0: to see both of them in the lineup at some point. Right. Now, like okay. if
1: somebody has a series of bad games and you feel like it it's worth a pulling a guy from a, from the lineup, I think people look at the forward group and understand the dilemma that they're facing more than with the defenseman, if that makes sense. Like right. I think people look at the forwards and they say, Okay, listen, these guys can be these guys all of these guys could be good players this year. All of them. And when they play their best, obviously, right? Like they can be, they can be a decent, that's a decent forward group on paper
0: when they're
1: at their best. best. A lot has to go right for that to happen. Of course. Defensively, I think people are going to look at Samuel and sit there and say, what does this guy have? You know, what does Mark Stahl have over this guy that the way he played in game one doesn't get you in? Or, or with Nick Sealer, or whatever, you know what I mean? And that, that's where, I think people are going to, you know, and again, like I don't want to jump the gun on this type of argument because it's been two games. You know, if two games turns into two weeks or the rest of the month of October, then then there, then that's a conversation worth having because the whole build in during training camp was that Mark Stahl's not going to play every single night and I assume that that goes for a Nick Sealer type. Maybe maybe right. Walker's kind of a guy who becomes a mainstay and you start to rotate in among the other two and I can understand that. But right. Somebody's gonna have to bite the bullet. And well,
0: and and guy, their play will also help dictate that, right? Like guys like will, hope. right? You hope that especially the young guys will reach out and grab the roster spot and refuse to let it go. Uh, is the hope, right? Um, and force a guy like Mark Stahl to the sidelines, or force a guy like Nick Sealer to the sidelines, and right. make make Tortorella choose between them to rotate instead of you. Um, but either way, uh, it is it has been interesting so far. Um, I think you've seen kind of around the league mm-hmm. that teams are treading their guys in slowly. Like I know I alluded to it a little bit when we talked about the Columbus decision, but Adam Fantilli was in the opening night lineup, but Ken Johnson was not right now. And and that caused a lot of controversy among blue jackets fans because Johnson had a poor camp, but had a good year last year and kind of expected to figure in on night one. Well,
1: and this is one of the things too, because I look, I expect better from Columbus as a team in their play. Throughout the course, like during this season, I think they're going to be a better team, way better team than they were. last. Absolutely. And now listen, we also shouldn't overshadow the part where in literally the first game that they play, which was again, which was the Flyers first game also, obviously that there's a situation that happens, but collision that happens behind the net. And next thing you know, Zach Wierenski skating off injured again.
0: Yeah, it's no, it's not as say. significant as it
1: was last year. This is not going to end his season, but they're still talking about a probably two week recovery. Yep,
0: and, and you're and immediately
1: back in the same boat. Like I, like the whole reason I, I, thought that or I feel that Columbus is going to be better this year is because of their health. Is, is right. if they stay healthy, because it's,
0: it's hard to be less healthy than they were last year.
1: Well, sure, and I and, and I've and I've said this in the past that I thought that once they realized it was out of reach, once they realized that like there's no saving this thing with the amount of injuries that they had. That they went all in on the Bedard <laughs> Fantilli level sweepstakes. And they you got know Fantilli I mean?
0: out of it. Good for and them. And they got
1: Fantilli out of it. Exactly. Yep.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, and look, to their credit, they beat the Rangers the other night. Yep.
0: You know, so oh, good yeah. for them.
1: Like, good for them that that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that one game. What I'm looking at, though, when it came to like the Flyers played as good of a game as they could possibly, good as good of a team game as they could possibly play, it was, you know, it was really hard to critique anything negatively. I mean, like, yeah, there's moments where they gave up quality scoring chances, but so did Columbus. And Columbus probably managed the puck worse than they did. Like they finished they finished the game out shooting Columbus after kind right. of a shaky first period, a little bit. Like, and, and not so shaky in the sense that they weren't leading the game, but it wasn't. They weren't dominating the first period despite having a two-one lead. They then took control of the rest of the game from there and shut them and shut them down. You know, right? I attributed that a lot to the whole pre-training camp situation the fact that mm. as like as much as the fact well, even into training camp well it was yeah it went into training camp. what i'm saying is as much as that was a coach that was on the bench you know because he was an assistant so i'm not saying it's like a, yeah, completely it's a different unknown. animal when he's the
0: guy he's calling
1: the shots and it's yeah. his it this is going to be whatever his systems are and however it works well, so whatever you were preparing and- yourself for but before you know in the you know in the days leading up to training camp when mike babcock was still the coach of the team at that point and, it changed and, the second the camp went into play, and that and that goes for the coach too. The coach didn't have any right. really any prep time for this. Well,
0: and let's be real, Kevin or uh, Patrick Line wasn't listening to Paul Maurice. You think he's listening to a guy who's never coached an NHL game before?
1: I mean, it's possible. i, I, I listen. I'm just saying, if he
0: starts playing more Fortnite this year, we'll know what happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but either way, like, I, so I just don't think it was the best representation of Columbus either. Like that, they were kind of you know like that that looked like columbus sure. of last year a lot more because of the fact that it was the first game under a new head coach that was not head coach a month ago right. pretty much or about a month, it was ago, the, or a month ago a little more than a month
0: unusual circumstances right so it was
1: unusual circumstances and i do think that like i don't think that it will it'll linger long but it's let's put it this way i like like i said i think columbus is going to be better this year right last season the flyers won the season opener as well and they won against the New Jersey Devils, who ended up is finishing it, with over a hundred points and in second place in the division. Flyers won and like
0: four of their first five last year. They didn't did, they? yes. Yeah. My
1: point, my point with that is, is, that did it mean that on day one, New Jersey was a bad team because the Flyers handed no. it to them in the in the first game and won five to two? It
0: the first three to five games can be pretty rough for some teams, sure. and and, and, yeah. that,
1: and that's the thing. So. That was, like, and, and to me, that was the best case scenario of what happens when the team is playing well. You know, yes. you got good play out of your defense. Your goaltender was on point. Your forwards contributed at different points. You, you you played a close game. You played a disciplined game. There wasn't as many penalties in that first game. So it was it was pretty solid all around. And then when it came down to it at the end, you got the situation. You scored two empty net goals to put this thing away. There you yep. go. That's, that is a formula for winning a game sometimes. And then absolutely. you get to, and then you get to Saturday you know and Saturday was a very different story
0: <laughs> yes uh, the if you're if you're watching on our YouTube channel the graphic uses a, an interesting word it says flyers overpowered by senators and I absolutely agree uh, full disclosure pulling back the curtain here Kevin typically makes our, our title cards uh, I fully agree with the word choice on this one well, this was the article um, too so it, okay
1: it, it, Wherever you're reading me, that was the that was the, so on SportsTalkPhilly.com too. That would then that yeah. would mean yes, and it was over. It,
0: it really was. It it felt like a big brother just kind of holding his little brother in a headlock and nugging in him for two hours.
1: <laughs> um, pretty much. I mean, it was an interesting game because yes, it started lopsided. Yes, they got you know it was pretty quick. Again, the first goal of the game was in the first four minutes just like the first game was this time it was ottawa scoring that one it was off of a kind of a bad it was kind of off of a bad play all around andre was behind now andre by the way by this point has maybe taken one or two shifts tops
0: you know what i mean he's he's just getting his feet wet in the game
1: and he gets muscled off the puck and turns it over and then next thing you know it ends up in the back of the net you know and it's gonna happen and it's a learning curve and that's the way that it goes and and then you know and then they take up they took a penalty that led to a power play goal um, and then the Flyers got a five on three before the end of the period and they scored and you're looking at a 2-one game and for about a period's length of time from when the Flyers scored to make it 2-1 Carter Hart held them in the game and yeah. Carter Hart Carter Hart did exactly what you Kyle say kind of have said about what it could be like this season is that he competitive and he did and I don't think it was like it wasn't all him, like, like yeah, he was a bit. No, I'm saying, like, he was a big reason for right. from, a, from a Flyers player standpoint why it was like that. Ottawa also just had some chances that were close and they missed either missed the net cool. close or whatever, like, like some sweaty chances in there. You know what I mean? Like, it, but it was, but this was a possession masterclass, and this was, you know, the shots on goal reflected the way that the game was going. I think at the end of the second period, the shot on goal total was twenty-five to nine or something like that. So Oof. that just tells you exactly what kind of. And the interesting part is, so. It, it went this way all the way up until Ottawa got a power play. Jake Sanderson scores on the power play, makes it three to one. So you're, and you're kind of immediately, your mind is going to, well, that's it. The game's over probably because they just can't even generate much of anything. And they literally scored a goal 18 seconds later to get the one goal margin back. And you're going,
0: okay, well, okay
1: then like, here we go again with this kind of thing. Where it's, show me, it's, show me a little bit of fight. Well, and, and to be fair too, because you know, for Camp York's goal, I don't know, you know, I, I, I'm not going to go look it up to try to figure it out, but I don't know when the last time that Anton Forsberg, who was in goal for Ottawa that day, when the last time he saw a shot was. So, like, Fair. when you're standing down there at the other end of the ice and it's just kind of playing out in Board. front of you, and, you know, and you're bored, exactly. But the real turning point of the game was the fourth goal that Ottawa scored because that, that's the dagger, and Travis Sanheim's got to be better. Straight up got to be better. Like the awareness to not know that someone was going to be on the four check on you there. I know there's 10 seconds left in the, in the period. I get it, but you're trying to hog the puck in a spot where two guys are waiting for it to happen. And the, and the, really the only guy who doesn't fully, you know, who goes straight in on, on you and, and goes after it is, is Claude Giroux and he heals the puck from you. Gets it to Brady Kachuk, who scores the goal, and there's five point one seconds left in the period. And that now, now you're back down by two and the end of, at the end of the period.
0: And it just changes and, the whole message going into the third period. And, and then going just, into the third it period. Puts more desperation you take, on well,
1: it. And then going into the third period, you take another penalty, you yep. give up another power play goal, and it you know, and it's Kachuk again. And he gets left alone down in front of the, you know, in front. What you know, and again, I like. I there was a lot of talk about whether or not because he, had, I think he went for a stick lift or something like that, and they were looking for an interference call or something like that. And it's like, at the same time, Mark Stahl lost his stick, went over to pick it up, came back, and then pulled away from the coverage and left him wide open. Like it was just yeah. bad. It was just bad. And and to me, the way that as soon as that type of stuff happened, I, I think I even said it after. I think I even put it out there after the first Kachuk goal on the Sandheim mistake more than anything which was just to look at just to look at the situation and go listen this is going to be the way the season's going to go because yep. you have the you have the, the the most positive extreme and the most negative extreme all in one weekend basically yep. well because- and and we know
0: what it is right we talked about it earlier in the show you have a decent forward core you have a good goalie you have z- you have one defenseman with some talent in Travis Sandheim and in an ideal situation, he's probably a four or a five, frankly.
1: I think you're selling him a lot short there. I would okay, say. A four then. He, he, I would, well, I was, I, I, see, I don't like labeling guys as three, four, five, six kind of stuff. So, Sandheim's a second pairing defenseman. Fair enough, fair enough, fair and enough. And that's the way I label him. And he's right now, he's being called upon to play top pair minutes. That's just Shit. the way that it is. And in game one, he earned it. He earned every ounce of what he played. I think I think I saw he played 26 minutes in the first yeah. game. Sure he did. And because he, he was, was gonna play a lot of
0: minutes all year.
1: Well, but he sure he did in game in the first game in Columbus because he was playing well enough to earn the minutes, especially at the end of the game. Right. Like if he's playing like that, you're gonna put him on the ice and you're gonna see the potential that's there. You know, and, and I don't think, you know, I don't think that Cam York has played particularly poorly. I I like again, Cam York kind of is what he is, though. He's he's also in that second pair category. And then you have – and then you have the only other defenseman that I really have a lot of positives to say about is Sean Walker, who I don't think really had a blemish in his game in the early in, – in, in these first two games. It doesn't no, he, mean he, he, he was – it doesn't mean he was outstanding. It just means I don't think he, was, he wasn't a liability. He was not right. a problem area. And, you, and- you, you saw things from Nick Sealer or from Mark Stall oh, that made you say, okay, that's going to be an adventure. This, this is you know, kind of the point of what Tortorella was saying about horror show, right? Like they had moments where you're like, yep, horror show. And, horror and show. guess what? It, well, the only other guy I can't say anything negative about is I thought Zamula's first game was really good, and then he didn't play in game two, which is – right. You know which which therein, therein lies the point, right? Like if, if we're sitting here going, okay, Nick Sealer, Mark Stahl, and Emil Andre to some extent as well, and and listen, let's be let's be real. The goal at the end of the second period against Ottawa, that's horror show material by Travis Sandheim. Yeah. Because, because It's disastrous. It doesn't mean that Sandheim can't be on the other end of the spectrum on any given night. And that's sure. what's going to keep him in the lineup. Same. I mean, let's put it this way. That's how Rasmus Ristelainen stayed in the lineup, too. It's, it's both ends of the spectrum. You, when he's good, he's you, good. You, you kind of teeter that, you know, that line. And, and listen, you're going to, and sometimes you're going to have m- just moments that are horror show. You know, like that could have been Travis Sandheim's only mistake of the game. And, yes, it's a horrible mistake and, and all that, but it's, it's the only one that there is, and it's just magnified. Right. But let's be real about what happened after the fact. They scored a goal with 5.1 seconds left in the period, and then in the first 10 seconds of the third period, he took he's the a penalty, yep. So he's yeah. the guy in the box when they score the next power play goal. So he has a role in the two goals that took the game from a one-goal game that you were surviving to be in yeah, to and out of reach.
0: He's always been a bit like that. When, when he's good, he's really good. And when he's bad, he's pretty bad. Um, we did see it in a little bit of a microcosm this week, though. Sure. Um, well,
1: and, and that's why I go off of like, and this is going to tie back into the looking ahead kind of thing a little bit because of the fact that now you start to look to the next competition you're going to play. As you move forward and you just saw the way that they handled a team like Columbus when they play their best and a team like Ottawa when they play their worst. And I think that, that, by the way, that's two really good teams to look at for comparison's sake when it comes to this because of the fact that neither of these two teams. Columbus is not necessarily expected to make the playoffs. They're expected to be better, but maybe not expected to make the playoffs, right? Ottawa's right on that cut line where it's like they were close to a playoff spot. And now I think the idea is the next step would be to get into the playoffs potentially. Mm-hmm. But they're, not, they're also not a division contender. Or they're, like they're, they're not a juggernaut. They're not that team, right? They're right. not that team everybody talks about. So they're two teams that basically you could sum up as middle of the pack. Yes. Kind of, right? Yeah,
0: in shades of gray, yeah. yeah.
1: But my point being in saying that they're middle of the pack is, so the Flyers handled their business perfectly against one of those teams on one night when that team didn't have their best either. Right. And on the other night, they looked overwhelmed. Yes. So... My point is that when th- that's middle of the pack, and on the schedule looking ahead, beyond just the <laughs> oh, yeah. beyond just the teams that we have listed here, which is the upcoming week before we do another show, and and, and let's just this like, I don't even look at Vancouver in this category. Vancouver no, to me is no, still no. more middle of the pack. But Van- let's put it this way, but Vancouver we cannot deny, as we sit here recording this episode on Sunday evening, is two and zero in two games. Absolutely. So we can't deny that fact. And by the way, 2 and 0. And Elias Petterson
0: looks gross by the way.
1: Elias Petterson looks gross. Brock Besser scored 4 goals. Thank yep. you, you know, thanks to my fantasy opponent this week which killed if, me. Man, he went
0: undrafted in my league. It's crazy. Um anyway, but like uh, I'm saying,
1: what I'm saying is that like for him or for for that team whether you think they're going to be really good or whether you don't, they're 2-0 and coming in. Yep, they've done something right. You know, Edmonton, Edmonton's well, 0-2, but then well, right. now you know what they've got. But then after Vancouver, like you, you mentioned,
0: Vancouver is kind of a middle-of-the-pack team. I, we probably expect them to finish kind of middle-of-the-pack at best unless they really bounce back. you call them back. a
1: playoff team, though?
0: Did I? No, I didn't put them in
1: the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I thought you did. Yeah, I thought you did in like, the Winnipeg that. place.
0: Uh, I'm, there's a chance I did. I'll be honest. I do not remember at the moment.
1: I'd have to go back. Um, to that is fine. I didn't write them all down in that but moment. But regar-
0: were- regardless, um, Edmonton and Dallas, that might very well be an Eastern Conference final preview.
1: Like oh, it, West, those yes, two teams. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Western Conference final sure. preview. Yes. Those might very well be the two teams playing for it all in mid-May. Uh, you know, for out of the West at least. And right.
1: yeah again again, I, again no again, I say thanks Gary, for the uh, taking away the fact that it could be Vegas Edmonton you know that's fair uh, which, which by the way, spoiler alert, guess who comes after that Dallas game I know Vegas I know who, who has Vegas. looked as good as can be in the first three games that they've played like like Dallas you don't have much of a sample size as we do this episode, right like right. It's, one, it's one game they did win it, and you know they're a better we know they're a better team than the Flyers are because the, Last, let's just say, however many months ago, they were in the Western Conference Final already. We Honestly, know that a
0: glance Glancing ahead, even a little bit further, uh, Minnesota—it it might be a minute till the Flyers win again. Well, I'll be it, honest it, it, with it, you.
1: And my, well, my answer is, it could be because. Yeah. There's always the possibility that they come out and they play their best game. Like, like I wouldn't be shocked if that happens Tuesday, to be honest, because I, it is a home opener and there should be a you know you're, a little bit of pump in your well, and, pump and, in your and, jump. Well, yeah. and, and I think you also have to look at the fact that they moved your game up because of what else is going on, and maybe play with a little chip on your shoulder. Like, listen, we're not the number one thing here right now. Let's you're, you're you
0: know, throwing us on it six, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: So, uh, like, I that that's the one I see like. There, if you tell me that Edmonton and I don't. This could be the case. I don't want to jump the gun on this because I'm sure you know. I know they play before then, obviously. Um, but if Edmonton comes in here and still hasn't won a game yet, you know what I oh, mean? I believe. I believe, and I believe the only chance. Well, no, Connor McDavid
0: scoring six.
1: Well, but I believe the only chance they have to not do that, by the way, is they play Nashville on Tuesday. Okay. Like, you know, that's so,
0: that's probably a win for them, but you never
1: know. But you know what? I think people would have also people were picking them as one of the last teams standing this year. And well, i probably would have thought nothing of Vancouver in the first game of the year. They lost eight to one.
0: Yeah, but that's a division matchup. And those guys, oh, I agree hate with you. each other. And those games, we've seen it for years and oh, years and years with you. the Flyers and Penguins. It doesn't matter where the two franchises are, the games are competitive. Sure. And I but, feel like Vancouver and Edmonton are But, are but I like get that
1: where you're going point. because like the okay. point that you were trying to make was is that if you go beyond that, yes, you you, get, you got through the Minnesota game and then Anaheim's finally on the schedule and you're like, "Okay, me."
0: That's win- that one's winnable, right? And that'll be the night John Gibson saves 60 cuz
1: that's well, just you know, how it then, works and then you have one game, like just just to wrap it all up with this because you'd have one game left in the month of october it's against carolina who has also oh, gotten gosh. off to a really good start so all i'm trying to get it and this is what i was trying to this is what i posted when i was you know on okay. socials during the, during the game as well is that yeah if this the flyers can be competitive with any team in the league if they play the way they did on thursday sure absolutely a thousand percent they'll they won games last year with and less of a with less of a roster they won yep. games last year against Edmonton and they well, won games against New Jersey and they won games or competed in games against Carolina and made it interesting it's yeah. not like they can't beat these teams well it's...
0: they they can beat any team in the league when they play like they played on Thursday sure. but they'll but they'll lose to every team in the league if they play like they played on
1: Saturday well right and my point is that that was only middle of the pack Ottawa that might yeah. get a wild card spot right now put them up against vegas is hanging against, 10 on you right now right now now put them up against edmonton dallas vegas right, toronto carolina, carolina and then, any well, of these right, teams right and like and like does it come back down to earth a little bit to an extent like of after that yes because after that like once we get through the month of october they've got a back to back they're back to back a home and home against buffalo and then, it's, man, I don't know. think
0: that's as easy as we think it is. Well, no, but that's I, I'm, that's not I the really, gimme it used to be.
1: Well, I but I would put Buffalo in that Ottawa category. Is what I'm saying. That's like and and like for right now. I, I, and and
0: the crazy is, thing is, we're early enough in the season that looking at even just two or three weeks ahead, like we will be looking at these teams completely differently by then. Because well, sure, because well, the other, a two game sample size is drastically different than a seven. Well, sure, especially sample especially size. when
1: the two game sample size tells you Buffalo's zero two. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like people are yep. going to look at that and go, "Oh, same old Buffalo Sabres, right?" Yep. And it, like it's a long season, so yeah. Until t- Tate Thompson, Thompson field scores field. two
0: in the first five minutes of their next game. But.
1: but I do think, but I do think one of the things that kind of plays into this whole thing, from just a overall around the league thing, we always like to do a little around the league touch up on this. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, So, so like look at look at some of the other teams. Like the Flyers have one win, right? Okay, so one win. And and you start but you start to look around and you go just like and you can throw up out a bunch of those teams that we talked about being in the same territory, right? Yeah. The Flyers have one win, just like the Montreal Canadiens do. New just Jersey. Like, well Dallas. New Jersey well, New Jersey's not one of those teams because New Jersey, I'm like New Jersey, I think people expect to finish high in the division. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm talking about like the teams oh, even that on the other don't end, have yeah. expectations. So Arizona. A, all right, Montreal, Arizona. Chicago beat Pittsburgh on the opening night. Yep. You Detroit. know what I mean? Detroit. Columbus, Detroit falls in that category. Um, San Jose got a point in an overtime game and actually, you know, played, you know, had played really well. Like what would they they do? They they were leading one, nothing against Colorado the other night until Mm. a minute and a half left in the third period. Yep. And that was when it was finally tied. They lost in a shootout. Okay. You know, and I just don't think you can look at some of these teams like on the other end of the spectrum. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you can look at some of these teams on the other end of the spectrum that like, like I don't know. You can look at, like you know, Edmonton or you know, Edmonton, Seattle, L.A. hasn't won a game yet, and you're Florida. like, yeah. Th- now Florida is an interesting one. Yes, Florida should. Be- I'm not saying Florida is going to be like worse than that, but and again, it's only two games. I know that, but can can yeah, you? Right. Imagine- We're talking about such small sample no, sizes. But but can but but isn't like here's the thing. The impact because I I would ma- I would venture a guess that if you asked a bunch of Flyers fans from last season. What do you think the seven, three, and two start in twelve games did for the overall picture of the season? That many of them would tell you that that stretch of wins and coming out of the gate really strong probably was where the where the chances to really be in a position for Bedard were derailed. Yes, you know because because you already said that on this show, right? Because you already established something weeks into the season. Like they were playing, and by the time this was really going off the rails, it was mid-November. And yeah. a month of the season had been played, and you're going, well, they're actually better. Like, not only were they better than people thought, they were holding the, I think either the third division spot or a wild card spot still during that time. Right. Like, they were technically that was like. Remember that was also like somewhere in the middle of that. That's where we got the only five points out of a playoff spot conversation. <sighs> yep. Because it was yeah, like, and everybody. The problem was is everybody could see the, you know could see the writing on the wall anyway because it wasn't just it wasn't just that they had started off well, but they were losing so many games in a row. It's like you realize that the only reason you're five points out of a playoff spot is because you came out and won four of your first five, five of your first. I,
0: I know the decision wasn't officially made until March, but I'm convinced somebody decided Chuck Fletcher was done when he made those comments.
1: Uh, maybe John Tortorella did. Guaranteed.
0: Oh yeah. Um.
1: But, but my point being with that whole thing is that what you do in October you know it may not like for a playoff team for a team that has playoff hopes you can still bounce back after two games lost yeah it's not a big deal of course but but the but the wins that you get or some of the losses could influence the final position ultimately that especially if it grows into a stretch
0: sure if you're only going to end up with 60 points getting an extra four or six in the first two weeks of the season matters well
1: think about something for a second too because and I, I want to make sure I get the number right. I believe it was 75 was the Flyers point total last season.
0: Uh, something like that. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm going to double check it just for reference. Right. But but the point I'm trying to make is. Um, so let me see here. Yes. the 75. Yes. 75 points. And the Flyers finished with a 31, 38 and 13 record to get those 75 points. Right. Yep. I just mentioned the first 12 games. Seven, three, and two. Seven, three, and two. Well, seven, three, and two through 12 games is 16 points in the standings, which means that from that point on, they didn't even top 60. Right. They got 59 points for the rest of the year. That yeah. also means that after winning seven of their first 12 games, that they only won 24 for the rest of the season.
0: Yep. Well, and, and if – are you looking at last year's standings? Yes. If let's say they cut those points in half, instead of sixteen, they get eight there. Slide their right. eight eight points down the standings and where do they where do they finish? How many spots do they slide?
1: So eight points down the standings based on what you're saying is sixty-seven points. So yeah. that that actually believe it or not. Now it depends on who they were winning games or uh, losing if, games. I'm not, yeah, that of course. We're just, based on the final totals, that's actually from just, and I'm uh, right now. I'm only looking at the Eastern Conference because that's what's right in front of me. I'll scroll down for the West in a second, but 67 points was actually one point behind the Montreal Canadiens.
0: Right. So you would have slid oh, all the months, way. up there. that's one.
1: That's one spot just in the East. Yeah. They w- they weren't passing Columbus for much no. of anything. Oh, no. Um, and that means they weren't passing chicago or anaheim for much of anything or san jose but that right. and, and, it, and you know what and it wouldn't have done anything for um what's it called it wouldn't have done anything for arizona either
0: well and it is worth mentioning that they probably would have been taking mitch coffee either way and even if they had slid up two spots it might not have changed things specifically in this draft but it is just to illustrate the point that right. like you said you know these these points you gather in the early season when you think you still have a chance they do end up sure. costing you a little bit in the long term. if Right. You're so, not so basically, be
1: one of those teams. basically, what we what we determined is is that Arizona and Montreal were the two teams that would have passed them. Which I, which is ironic to an extent because of yeah. the fact that when Montreal was picking in the draft at five, that was where everybody was. There was like, a lot of drama. Well, that was yeah. the swing pick because that was, the first four were the first four, and nothing change, would have changed that no matter what had happened, but that was the swing pick and instead there would have been way less drama and if they really liked mishkov that much in that particular spot they would have just taken him fifth
0: yes exactly
1: but they got him at seven but
0: yeah and um just just to kind of circle all the way back to the look ahead here um we did talk about vancouver uh, mentioning the fact that Connor McDavid, the best player in the world, is coming to Philadelphia on Thursday is worth mentioning. You know, I, I know we talked earlier about uh, a baseball series that may or may not be happening on some of these days, but right. you know, yeah. Connor McDavid only comes to town once a year, and it's still fun to see the the most special player in the world.
1: Right, and then, like, let's put it this way: they didn't, sc- they haven't scored a lot. Right, 19. two games, they've got four total goals, which it's got to be coming, right? Well, sure, but like everything is where you would expect it to be right like drycitel scored on the power play from mcdavid and evan bouchard in the first, in, for the only goal of their their, of their opener and then when they played uh, when they played vancouver again the first goal was Dreisaitl from Nugent Hopkins and Hyman. The second goal was McDavid from Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl. The third goal was Nugent Hopkins from Bouchard and McDavid. So nobody else has points. It's the same five guys, basically. It's, it's all... Welcome to the
0: Edmonton Oilers. Right, it's
1: McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins. I think, like I said, Hyman got in there barely. And then Bouchard. That's the five.
0: Top heavy is that?
1: <laughs> um, I think in, I guess in the games like this, because Vancouver, look, you look, you can't deny the fact that, and yes, they're divisional. I get that, but Vancouver right. had their number in those first two games. There's no question yep. about that. So that's fair. Well, we shall see. Like, yeah. but, but uh, like that's. But to your point, like if you expect if you played like that against Ottawa and this is what happened, what do you think is going to happen against? What do you think? Hunter McDavid's going right, to do? Together? Edmonton against Dallas against Vegas, like. And and even and to make matters even worse for those latter two, Dallas and Vegas, you're on the road too. Like
0: Yeah, there might be some hard miles ahead over the next two weeks or so for the Philadelphia Flyers. I would love
1: so. to I, I, I can't wait, and I know this is not a game that happens next week, but I can't wait to find out if they will tell you anyway what the ratings for that Vegas Flyers game would be. <sighs> starting um, that late. Well, starting that late and quite possibly being a potential tune tune out within the first hour that's fair yeah like and i look of course i won't be able to because i have to put out a story regardless and it'll be it's by far let's put this way too vegas vegas debuted on that first night i think right
0: uh yes the regular season right yeah they played seattle
1: right so they they tried to structure it um as a triple header that was on yeah like a a rivalry night. night yeah which is fine like The first game went off. I think the first game went off at 530.
0: At Nashville and Tampa, which is a little weird, but whatever.
1: Uh, Which also, by the way, was like the most boring game possible because there was only one goal scored for the longest time. And then all of a sudden, the third period happened, and it was like, oh, yeah, by the way, we have offense.
0: Well, they waited until everyone got home from work, so.
1: I guess so. I don't really, you know, and and for what it's worth, by the way, I did see something on the ratings for that game. Okay. Very positive.
0: Yes. and then well.
1: Well, and then you went into Bedard Pittsburgh versus Chicago, Crosby. Right. The Pittsburgh Chicago right. game was, I think they said, the highest rated game that they had in ages.
0: It, it the highest game since ESPN got the contract back.
1: Well, right. Um, so I think the last one that they went back to was something like in 02 or 03 yeah. or something like that. It was um, a long time. Yeah, it was, and, which, is, which is a very big positive.
0: Oh, and, and then, the NHL did a great job. They, they filmed a bunch of pre recorded content, the two of them together. Uh, they really played up Bedard versus Crosby. They, they did a great job with it.
1: The only problem with the Crosby-Bedard interviewing each other thing is that you – and I'm not – like, they're great players, and Bedard, Bedard is super young, so he's got a lot of time. And but they're Crosby's, essentially
0: in a generation apart.
1: <laughs> it wasn't – no, it wasn't even that. It's Crosby's not the biggest personality on the planet. He, Crosby and Mc, like, McDavid's the same way. They're right. not big-time personalities. They just go out and play well, right? Like that's <laughs> That is their personality.
0: To be fair, Sid has opened up a little bit, literally just over the last couple of years. Like, he has started to embrace his role as an elder ambassador to the sport. I like agree he has started that. to open up a little bit. And I, Well,
1: and I think that something else that works for, for, for Crosby is take him away from something that was, like, as staged as that thing was, where it was, like, <laughs> positioned to be like they're in a locker room together kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Like – I think Crosby's a great, you, you know. There, if, if you've seen some of the clips that he's done, he's done stuff with Nathan McKinnon since they're from the same hometown, and they go to like a Tim Hortons for the day or something like that. That's funny. He's having a blast, and he actually you go, oh, this guy has a personality. Right. Or even just something like the Penguins do something where when their season ticket for their season ticket holders, where you'll get you'll get your full season tickets delivered by yep. somebody, and when he goes out, you can see he's personable and he's in- invested in what he's doing in the community. I, feel like like, that. So I think I that, that's good. This was so staged that yeah. they took two guys that basically it felt like have no personality at all <laughs> because Crosby's talking to him like he's doing an interview. Right. And, and Connor Bedard, and,
0: and Connor Bedard's most clever thing is lying about cooking so far <laughs>
1: well, and, but here, you know what the problem with bedard is and it's not a problem it's just right. it, this is the way he's been bedard has been spotlighted for so much of his young life to this point that he's been so media trained since like 13
0: yes that we're not gonna get, it, get anything fun you're or not funny out anything of
1: special from him right yeah. now he's not like well the, basically since he
0: biggest... has developed a personality as a human being he's right. been media trained
1: well, right. And here's the other thing too. The biggest thing that you're going to get out of that, the fact that they sat him in and like, it, like let's have Crosby and Bedard talk to each other. The biggest thing you're going to get out of that is he's not wide eyed by it. Like, right.
0: There's No, there's he does. Blood. He does look fairly comfortable.
1: Like he, he just looks at the situation like, yeah, this is my life. I'm, yep. you know. I'm and this things, guy now, and and you're right about the you're right about the Crosby angle of that, where he kind of was able to share like a little bit of like a yeah I was that yeah. from everything in juniors he was that kid, and then yes you're a first overall pick, and but, here's how it goes. That's all good, but he
0: he is embracing the role of being a little funny. I don't know if you've seen some of the behind the scenes clips. Uh, the producers are like walking him through it, and they're like yeah you know we got the new guy and the old guy, and every time he said the old guy, Sidney Crosby leaned in and went older. <laughs> yeah 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 so like the new guy over here and the old guy older <laughs> like every time and it was just it was that funny little bit of, listen i don't like sid as a hockey player we've all <laughs> talked about the pain and <laughs> drama trauma he has caused this fan base but we have also talked on this show about the fact that we respect him as an incredibly talented hockey player as well as being an excellent uh um, person it seems like like it seems like he's just kind of a decent dude it's kind of infuriating to be honest well you. i know
1: and well and here's the, for me it, it took a whole new different angle with it because one of my one of my last non-media years was 2011-12 okay so that playoff series and the way that things Stings. went yeah. well no 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 it was just like you, you felt like you couldn't there was nothing you could say positive about that guy at that time because because i was still watching as a fan too right i don't like him i've I've watched him play in person now more times than I can count. Same thing with Ovechkin. I feel like cause Ovechkin falls into the same category. Yeah, when they're yeah, in your yeah. division and you go down there and they come in two, three times a year you sometimes. Been, you're
0: right. You've been playing them four or five, six times a year for the last decade and a half. And, I've,
1: and, to, and to have watched him in person multiple times, he's – look, I, I'm not saying anything in Surf shattering by saying this, but he's special. Everybody knows it. He's and, good at hockey. And. Which, well, that's why, like, after a certain point, I start to crack up every time I hear the Crosby sucks chant because I'm, like, sitting there going, like, he doesn't, though. Well, well, right. if, like, a, no, he doesn't. B, you're only motivating him even right. more. What was, he's you know, he's wanna, a
0: first ballot unanimous Hall of Famer. He doesn't wanna, suck.
1: You know, Want to tie this back into the introductory topic as we get into yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If, you, if you tell Bryce Harper, attaboy, for making a mistake, and it gets back to him. <laughs> attaboy, at a boy said. Don't you think that compartmentalizes somewhere in like your gut and your heart or whatever, and and you're just going, I'm gonna well fine then you want to keep going there I'm gonna just show you how much better I am than you think. Yeah, yeah, but but, but but he
0: wasn't supposed to hear it.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) in fairness, it's it's different in Sid's case when it's the crowd chanting it at you and it's like um they're doing it designed to have you hear it and it's not intimidating him in the slightest because and not because you're not an intimidating fan base It's because you're actually fueling the fire. Yes. That's, those chants are, you know, are, are kerosene being poured over top of the, of that, you know, of that fire. And yep. just, Let's just ex- let it explode, and that's what you know. That's why, like, wasn't it the le- it was the least surprising thing on the planet when he scored his 500th career goal against the oh Flyers? God, I know like, scored in the, least he scored thing. in the
0: stadium series. He's like he just every time they play the Flyers in a big spot, he's putting the puck in the net. Yeah,
1: you know what? For one for one thing, I will say I'm glad that this time around the stadium series is not the Flyers and the Penguins this time around. Just that's because. It. It feels like I, I really now. liked
0: I really liked the little home and home series. I wish the game at Penn State had gotten off the ground, but I, I do
1: agree it will be nice to see something a little bit different. So well, and see now the, now there's a whole different angle to that type of stuff too because now it's turned into where can where can they go internationally? They yes. played the two they played the two preseason games in Australia, which was with that that that, that was a pretty cool thing to see. To be honest, yeah. it was cool. Um, but you're exploring the horizons you're trying to figure out where this will work and yes you can hit up every you know you can hit up every european scandinavian country you want to go to you want to play two games in sweden go right ahead right. they're more than willing to accommodate finland's more than they willing might. to accommodate
0: sure and um, I, I think they would even be willing to do more like outdoorsy stuff uh, here like the the Salt Lake City games like sure Those were fun
1: uh, yeah the Tahoe game that was yeah the, those yeah. are the Lake
0: Tahoe that's what it was right right, right
1: right now isn't the um what's it called by the way isn't the Heritage classic like at the end of this month already or something it's
0: coming up yeah um, yeah because it turns out if you do those any later people get frostbite
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's. I think it's this one. I think it's, it's it's on a Sunday night. at seven at the end of the month on like the 29th of October. Okay, and
0: it's, who is it this year?
1: It's Edmonton Calgary, which is so it's a battle of Alberta.
0: Great matchup, yeah, All absolutely right. spectacular matchup, and that will probably be the most fun hockey you see that week. Um, but out of <laughs> out of the three games we have this week, Kevin, which one are you most excited to watch? Is it, um, is it the Connor McDavid effect?
1: I can I can tell you which one it's not right off the top of my head, and it's just because there may be you know. The, the, the eight it's Vancouver. No, the eight o'clock Dallas start. It's not about who's oh, okay. playing, but it's the, the eight o'clock Dallas start. If you know it, it butts right into a right into one of the Phillies games that's that's lined up and it's like do you know when you go into something you go nobody's paying attention to this thing? It's, yeah,
0: it's, and you gotta cover like, it. So
1: <laughs> like like there's a difference between the, the other two, because the other two home, first of all, the other two home games, I'm there to watch it personally, not just watch it on television, which, as which I know element, is just yeah. a better
0: experience. For right. you, it it for adds her. an
1: element for me, but also I'm sitting there going, okay, so you just gave the, you just gave the first one an hour time bump, which opens up some time. So it's like baseball's not at the forefront at six o'clock. It's you're still in preparation mode for the game. And, and it does help also, by the way, I think it does help that like, it helps that game one of that series is on Monday night with nothing. So that right. this way, it's like, okay, listen, the hype is still going, and that's just kind of bridging the gap, so to speak. Yeah. But because it's isolated a little bit, it feels a little different. I think the, Van- or the Vancouver, the Edmonton one's going to feel the same way. The Van- the Edmonton game starts two and a half hours after a baseball game would start. So you, right. for all I know, and like, look, I hope it's not the case, but if the Phillies were losing game three badly enough by the time it's nearing its end, and you, you know, know the result over. at hand— you might switch over to the next yeah. – well, well, switch over is a loose term in this case because I believe – I want to double-check and make sure for people – so people aren't blindsided by this. Yes, it is. Okay. This is, it. This is one of the ESPN Plus Hulu exclusives. So uh. it's not going to be on your regular dials if you're not one of them uh. you know, yeah. That's fair. So, so, which, which is the only reason why it's at 7 30, to be right. honest. But, but I'm sure the people who do like to do, you know, if, if you're that person who's going to go from one to the other, you do like the extra half hour buffer from the typical start time, you know, just to be able to watch the baseball game first right. and then get over. And, and then that's kind of your nightcap, you know. Oh, okay. So if you're asking me which one I'm looking most forward to, though, in general, all the Phillies games? If, <laughs> well, I am looking forward to the fillers, but out of the three, <laughs> It is always when, you know, when McDavid comes into town. Yeah. I like, I agree because when, especially for where the team is, when the team is where they are, you start to look for who's coming in and what could happen or whatever. And McDavid and Dreisaitl coming in with their talent level, it's, it's like a treat, you know, it's It's still
0: special. Yeah.
1: Right. It's like a treat because you know what you're watching and, and and I don't know of any other home game. Like Carolina is coming in at the end of the month, but Carolina is like just a really good team. It's good. Yeah. You know, and it, like, like they got players who are they who they have really good talented players. I'm not saying that like Sebastian Ajo is a fun lot, right. but it's not on that level of McDavid. There are I mean? very
0: there are very few stars who have the kind of drawing power that Connor McDavid does. Oh, like,
1: like what I'm trying to get is that I got to like I probably would have to think long and hard. And I, and I pretty much only right now I only know off the top of my head the schedule through like the early earliest portion of November. I'd have to go beyond that even to find the next game that has a player. Like, they don't play Toronto in that time. There's not an Ovechkin visit or a Crosby visit or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, As a matter matter of fact, they play those home games that lead through the first week in November, November, and they're not home until, okay, so there you go. The next game they'd be home is Vegas, two weeks ago. But that's mid-November, so that's a long gap between, hey, by the way, you play Edmonton on the 19th of October, and then the next time something comes in, it's oh. November 18th is when Vegas comes in.
0: You know what I mean? Well, then I suppose we're just going to have to enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, get your tickets for Thursday night's game now while you can. Um, that's gonna, that's gonna do it for us here today. Uh, we will be back next week. Um, Upload probably coming Sunday night, Monday morning, as usual. Uh, We're back every week for the next little bit here. Uh, We are going to be taking Sunday, November 5th off, so we won't have a show that week. Uh, But other than that, I think we're pretty set up to go weekly for quite a while here, so... Make sure to hit the subscribe button. Follow us on the social medias at YWT Podcast. Kevin is at Kevin underscore Darso. Find us everywhere you find your podcast, including sportstalkphilly.com. Um, check out all the Phillies coverage over there, by the way. Michael Lipinski is doing a great job covering this Phillies team. And, um, you know, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, Kevin, any last words here?
1: Uh, go, Phil's, I guess. That's about it. Go, Phil's,
0: baby. All right, we're out of here. Atta boy. Yeah, atta boy. <laughs>